0: I, because I'm always swimming in the bottom half of it, but look, I oh you crock, Dude, you look like a baddie. Shoddy a little baddie. Should I pull my little chain out too? Yes. Yeah, I know. We should Shoddy, do these podcasts standing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Okay. So it's not news that Sarah and I both kind of want to move into people management at some point. And we've talked about it a lot. Something else that we've talked about is creating opportunities for yourself to learn things outside of your specific job description and how to do that. So this week we are talking about how to get the management experience that you want without actually managing people. There's a common phrase that kind of goes around, like there's a difference between a manager and a leader. You probably know where this is going. We're gonna talk about leadership and how to kind of be a leader without having to have that management title. And we're talking about leading from the bottom. So there's a lot of different types of leadership the same way that there are different types of direct reports. And all of those can be kind of characterized as good. It's very evident, I think, sometimes what's bad leadership but good management takes and good leadership takes on a lot of different forms. So
1: so yeah, so today we're going to get into indirect leadership, which is kind of how to lead your team or other people within your organization who are on the same level as you or even those above you, uh, which is a really tough spot to be in because you kind of just have to fake everything about your leadership because you're not given any sort of immediate leadership titles it's you're also not trying to ruffle any feathers but there's also a way to do this whole indirect leadership thing in a way that lifts you up as well as everyone else around you we think about work as competition way too much where uh, it's me against everyone else versus today let's talk about when you win everyone wins and vice versa when everyone wins you win and this is going to be like team based indirect leadership because otherwise I don't really know how else you would be an indirect leader if you don't have a team. Uh, so let's learn how to lead without ego and in the most helpful way possible. (laughs) So when you're working with other teams, how does that usually go for you? How, what's your persona when you are like put in a team?
0: Yeah. Uh, I am the hype person. And I know that that's like, that's my thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's not news. I kind of take on Sarah's uh, persona. I am the ever curious one too. I think that I'm constantly the one to like raise my hand and ask for things that most people wouldn't because I'm just a serial learner and I can't get myself to turn it off. With our team specifically, they're pretty small um, at big time. We're Growing them, uh, almost every team has has gained headcount this year and plans to for 2021. But our marketing team is four people oh, plus a few agencies, so like that's a lot of responsibilities and roles and things to do for the internal teams at the company. Because we are smaller, like I don't necessarily like do a bunch of kickoff meetings or kickoff projects or things like that. I'm With smaller teams, I've just like, I'd rather work with the individual people and like, if it gets to a meeting, like, okay, I'm only going to take 30 minutes of their time and I'm going to have my shit together when I'm asking them for things. I just, I don't believe in a bunch of meetings to waste everybody's time. Usually I'm working directly with sales and I especially don't want to waste their time. It's either like, okay, I have all of my bullet points down. And even if it's like that and they don't want to do a meeting, I just will send very specific asks in Slack try to give as much context as possible. So when I am leading a project or a campaign or whatever it is, I kind of show them what I'm doing by asking the right questions. It's very quickly found out when you don't have your shit together and you're asking questions or for people's time, make sure you've exhausted all other avenues of like, okay, can you go find this information in a gong call? Can you go find this information from your direct boss, From your specific other team members, like on the marketing team or whatever, but I just try to not involve people until I absolutely have to.
1: Yeah, I think that that's something I'm starting to learn. I think in a classroom environment, I was very much so the person who would just start leading because I think may have just been the kids in my class or the level of enthusiasm about what we were learning but it felt like I could have been the more most enthusiastic about what we were doing was probably listening better than everyone else and just could delegate in that sort of situation where I was comfortable I think currently I've been testing myself in terms of how comfortable I am delegating in like a new sort of professional environment I don't think I'm as good at it Because I don't think, one, I have enough practice, and two, uh, the context, and I think that that's sort of what goes back to what you're saying of if you do want to involve other people, make sure that you do the research before you bring everyone together so that they don't have to do your work for you, essentially, Uh, and you kind of understand what you need from everyone, and they don't think that you're asking too much of them. I think that's one thing that I want to start doing better, especially from a proactivity side of things of... Knowing and understanding what other people's superpowers are so that you can tap into it for what you need to produce as the end result and playing into their strengths. And I think that that comes with a lot of observation and also, I don't know, humility of knowing that you're not going to be able to execute this entire thing by yourself. So, how can you tap on other people in a way that will make them happy to help you?
0: Yeah. Exciting. That's the other thing too, is like, how do you get people excited to work on your projects? Right. You know, it's funny that you said, I always took the lead because you were enthusiastic. I always took the lead because I thought I was smarter than everybody else. Well, that too. <laughs> like in college. And now I think that it was a, that's the first five years of my career have been like a slap in the face. I would be like, Hey, you don't fucking know everything. Yeah. Like not even close to it. So the more that you can listen, the better off you're going to be actually being a leader in the first place. But
1: yeah, I think maybe that goes back to you saying that we thought we were smarter than everyone. We, it's a good thing probably now that we feel as though we are not the smartest people in the room. Isn't that right. It makes us feel like we are learning things, but we have to have the confidence to start to lead people with the same enthusiasm that we did when we were in more of a classroom environment.
0: Right. In school, it was everybody was reading the exact same textbook yeah. or doing the exact same homework. So me having read and done the homework, I just I knew that I understood how to do it. Yeah. Now it's like especially with different campaigns and things and I'm, it's just easier to explain it in context of tech. But like I don't know how sales is talking to customers about it unless I listen to those phone calls and do I listen to try to listen to 10 of those out 10 hours of that, or do I have a 30 minute conversation with somebody on sales? Yeah. Like what's gonna be a better use of everyone's time? You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's definitely interesting, like not having all of the context because like you said, when when we're in the classroom, every it's a it's a very level playing field. It's not necessarily like that in the in the working world. There's a reason that we have separate teams. There's a right. Yeah. So there's a reason not everybody's just like everybody works for the company. That wouldn't work. <laughs> right. So what's something that you do to better prepare for like these cross cross functional projects? Do you define your roles and responsibilities from jump, like or your expectations of the other team members? Like how do you kick things off normally? So to be honest, I
1: haven't had the most experience in the delegation world of indirect leadership. I think where I do have more experience is the internal marketing of creating hype and telling the story of why we're doing things internally and then helping enable people to then do something after the fact, but at like more of a company-wide scale versus I need to tap into your skills for X, Y, and Z. But I know that that's what my role is going to start to transform into, into next year. And so that's not, not stressing me out.
0: Sure, right.
1: Uh, And so what I've been doing now uh, to prepare for knowing that delegation and like campaign planning and all of that sort of fun that I'm excited to dive into is going to be part of my role is sit down with our director of demand gen and be like, okay, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the weird intricacies of your job that you own? Because we are a marketing team of six. So what is that like weird thing that you do on the side because no one else owns it, or you just inherited it when you got here Right. to better understand how she's been delegating things and working closely with the the sales team or the customer success team or the designer or the video guy and what what she does because we all have our lanes and so my lane hasn't been merged with hers yet so i'm just trying to get a better understanding of like what's going on over there Mm -hmm. and so that way i can better understand like okay when we do something like this we talk to the bdr manager for this or that way that way just it's not like they have to re iterate themselves. Once I yeah. start getting into the picture, it's more so like I already join in lockstep with everyone else.
0: Right. You're, you're already going through the motions. I think that's yeah. super smart.
1: Yeah. It started with just like putting a one-on-one on my director of demand calendar and like talking to my, cause my manager isn't the director of demand and being like, Hey, I know that my role is going to be similar to Nina's next year. Yeah. I'm going to put time on her calendar so that I feel like I don't have to ask you questions that she like, and then you have to go through her and then come back to me, like, well, I'm just gonna talk to her. And I'm kind of being the angel that they are. was just like, I'm sorry that I didn't enable you to do that in the first place. but like that's a great idea. You should definitely do that. We love Nina. We love Nina. Yeah, she's great. But like indirect leadership in itself is just like, you have to prove your worth. Like people aren't going to trust you immediately. And so you can't get frustrated or you can't go into a situation thinking that people are going to respect and trust you because you haven't proven
0: that to them yet. I think too, we are so used to working within our own teams every day. So like we have those dynamics down. We understand how to talk to each of our direct team members. But as soon as you go outside of that, it becomes like, okay, I'm already outside of my comfort zone. But like, if you dread those meetings with those other teams, that team is dreading the same meeting. Right. Like there's right. no scenario where your team is like, Oh God, that meeting just sucked. And their team is not saying the exact same thing. Yeah. So like yeah. who is gonna kind of nip that and just say like, Nope, we have to fix that because it's not, it's not productive. Nobody likes the meetings. Like, how do you make that something that is constructive for both sides? Because I've been, we've had those like recurring, you know, you always get like really hyped to like set recurring meetings with a team. You're like, yes, our teams just need to be aligned. They need to be on the same page, like all this stuff. And then, for after you've met four times, like all of the big ideas are gone. Nothing's actually happened. And you're like, why do we have these meetings? I hate going to them. Right. And no, don't do that. Don't set recurring meetings if you don't need to be talking to that team that much. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just think meetings in general are not amazing, but
0: no, same.
1: So working cross-functionally specifically and like working to have this leadership view, even though you don't have the leadership title, comes with a lot of additional work outside of the work that you do with that team in your weekly syncs or asynchronously that you'll then bring to the syncs. So how do you kind of create visibility for yourself and like within your team to the rest of the company to show that you are a resource that can work between different departments in a way that benefits every person involved?
0: Yeah, it's super hard, right? Especially with a Remote work environment too, because you're not like physically in the office. And that's an easy, like, top of mind thing. If somebody has an idea, like, let's walk by marketing or like, let's catch marketing in the kitchen at lunch or whatever, yeah. like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, with my team, I'm, I just start and say, like, I'm very upfront about what I know how to do and what I don't know how to do when like a certain project arises. Right. Yeah. So, by being more honest about it, I kind of just like get it out of the way. And then I either say, I'm interested in working on this or I can teach you how to do this or, but it also gives other people the opportunity to say, I do know a little bit about that or I don't know anything about that either, but I kind of want to learn about that. So like, that's how I, within my own team, at least sh- visibility for myself is like, I raise my hand a lot. I ask to work on things that maybe fit semi and within my job description. But it also gives you, like I said, either opportunities to learn something new alongside somebody else on your team that wants to learn those things yeah, or teach them something, or they teach you something. There's a big part of leadership that comes with learning how to do things from other people. Mm-hmm. Like we don't think about it that way, is leadership is backwards, but like, being a good leader means you're a good listener and you can take direction as well. You're not just only giving direction. Right. But I think it just sets realistic expectations. And with other teams, I just am very proactive in asking. So I ask a lot of questions and I know that that can get annoying. But if I don't ask them, then I'm never going to have context around bigger issues. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I ask. I feel like I ask a lot of questions around the bigger issues, and then I'll go into like a mentorship call or like a one-on-one, and they'll be like, "What do you want to talk about?" And I'm like, "I don't. I don't know." <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: I know. I I say that to Jason all the time. I'm like, "I don't know." I asked all of these questions to all of these other people, and now I'm like, have all of these ideas floating around in my head, but you can't have those ideas or those whatever without understanding what the greater picture looks like Mm -hmm. like I can't I can't think creatively or strategically about things that I just don't know
1: yeah yeah I also can't ask questions about things that I don't know about I don't know I think I would want to bring on someone to this podcast to be a guest who's who is like a really good question asker and I have a friend who was really good at asking questions but I think it's because he just does a lot of research he yeah. knows that he can, I don't know. Maybe well, that's too the lazy. Thing,
0: Right? <laughs> we think about questions as like under, we kind of frame questions as not understanding things, but there's yeah. a way to frame questions in a way that like, it really truly shows that you do know a lot of things and you're yeah. thinking, you're, you're asking strategic questions, not topical questions. I think context is
1: key. I think that's huge. I think also, in terms of creating visibility for yourself and uh, within your team, it's just another one of those things where if you're given the opportunity to work within a team, that's awesome. And it, it's great that your company wants you to be involved with other members of the organization. But if, if you're not given those opportunities, one, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Um, and two, then you should seek those out Uh, And instead of complaining and saying like, no one here sees me as a leader, like, but I want to whatever it's like, well, what are you? I don't know. I feel like so many of our podcasts are just like, then take it upon yourself to do it.
0: Right. But leaders aren't necessarily loud. I think that's another thing that kind of just comes out is like, I am loud as a person. That's how I live my life. But leaders don't have to be loud. Leaders do a lot of work in the, in the dark to connect the team because if you want to move up at a company they want to know that you understand how all of the teams function together under really, truly understanding how your team fits into the rest of the organization will absolutely skyrocket you into the management jobs yeah a manager can- is thinking about it as a greater picture so kind of going off of that a little bit like what are some additional like soft skills that are involved with indirect leadership
1: I think this goes back to a deep conversation I was having with my friends this weekend. Ooh,
0: let's get into it.
1: <laughs> you have to recognize how your team reacts and works. And so, um, yeah. Empathy. Empathy. Hi. Yeah. Hello. One of, one of those Hi old, old friend. <laughs> yeah. We love empathy, but I think also people who are excited to be leaders can also be like super overbearing leaders. And so you have to also have self-awareness to know when you're doing your team's job instead of enabling your team to do their job. And I think that yes. starts with like, if you are an indirect leader, it starts with you taking on someone else's piece of the campaign because you don't like the way that they're doing it or they're not doing it the way that you would, or it's taking too long and you don't, and you don't care to ask why, or don't ask why, uh, or they won't tell you when you ask them why. Right. Um, and so I think, uh, that is, that's going to be, that's that I know for me, that's going to be my biggest thing is instead of doing it myself. Cause I know that it'll take 15 times shorter than if I delegate to someone else and teach them. Uh, but it's like, teach them to fish, you know, like right. you have to, you have to sit down and like put up the work up front to then have a more smooth sailing team after the fact. So I don't, I don't know. Just, you have to be self-aware. You can't let your ego get in the way of like, I'm the leader. Now everybody listen to me mm-hmm. and you, and you can't, also on the other end of the uh, on the other end of the spectrum be like everything's fine We're, we'll get to and when we get to it like I just want to be like the cool person that's leading the team so that everyone likes me right and then we never do anything yeah nothing ever gets done
0: yeah. I think too there's a big piece of indirect leadership to just being a really fucking good co-worker yeah. when people ask you to do things you get them done yeah when when People ask you for feedback. It's not like, this looks good. If I have something to say, I'm going to say it. It only ever leads to more communication like that, more edits. And more edits is usually a good thing. People feel like they can be open with you. And when people feel like they can give honest feedback, every single campaign gets better.
1: Yeah. I think this also goes back to our last full episode of if people also like you as a person, they you have more of an open dialogue of talking about what that person's working on and what you're working on and how you can work on things together i think being the person who messages the the person first and says something like hey i really liked what you said in the slack channel i would love to do a quick coffee talk just so we can get to know each other a little bit better i think i think we would just be really
0: Yeah, fast friends.
1: Yeah, I think we would be friends. Like I like you plus woned my comment in Slack. So we obviously have similar senses of humor. Like I think that you're cool. Can we can we just have a coffee chat? And I think being the one to initiate those conversations shows a sign of leadership too. Of I'm not here to be petty and this isn't high school and like there aren't clicks and like this is an office environment, but I not only appreciate what you do professionally, but I really appreciate who you are as a person too. Personally. Like, let's talk more about it. And then on the call, we can also talk about what we're working on if we want, or it can be more casual.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, th- you are alerting to it, but that's the biggest piece of working with other teams within the organization. Is they like, have to like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they get to like, think about the context that you give, you're giving them. Like, we're only talking about the context that we're given, but like the more that you can explain your work or why you're working on certain things or how you, cause like, that's, I think the biggest piece of sales is not like that. So explaining the context of it, like automatically gets more people on board to what you're doing. And then the more wins that you can put up for the team, like the more they're going to trust you to kind of do the off the wall kind of ideas or like, let you have a loss too. Like we don't talk about that ever, but like we don't win all of the time as much as we want to, but.
1: Yeah. I think also, I think it also goes into, um, anticipating. Yes. So here's a, here's an example. So I'm responsible for G2 reviews for Alice. We are nine reviews away from hitting my goal for the end of the year. It's fine. I don't have dreams about it. I do.
0: Um, if there's nine people on this podcast that that use Alice, please go leave a review. Thank you. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> but when I first thought about how I could
1: get more reviews for the end of the year, I wanted to work through the customer success team. Yep. That's, that's, how we, that's how we do ours. That didn't work. That failed because well, our customer success team has a really close relationship with the admins of all of our customers, but they don't really have close relationships with the users. Mm. And I want to message the users and ask like how they think about the product because they're the ones actually in it all day, every day doing the thing. Sure. And so I put a lot of stress on them inadvertently by being like, here's a list of all the people that I would love for you to reach out to. I did all this busy work to pull these lists for you of all of your customers who are in a good spot right now who have no open renewal. So there's no way that they could be in a, in a weird spot. And I should have just taken it one step further and been like, and I'm going to email them on your behalf. Can you just okay this list? Right. I sent it to customers or send it to CSMs and they were like, okay, like, this is just like another to do like bullet on my list. Well,
0: honestly, it's the last one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Especially for
0: success. The customer always is going to come first as they should. Marketing is last. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And so then one of the CSMs reached out to me and she was like, Hey, why can't you just email these, these people for us? And I was like, that's a, I don't know. I can't, yeah, but I have like- a login to Marketo. Like, let me do that instead. Yeah. And so like iterated, got all the emails into Marketo, sent them from my name and then got up to nine reviews left that i need um and so then like round two i learned from that and went to the csms and said hey here are the admins from all of those orgs i'm going to email them and the email is going to come from your name but the reply to is going to be my email so that i can then send them a gift once they've completed the review. Right. Can you just, okay, this list for me, it's from the list of November admins that we use for the customer release email. As long as that's good, you're good to go. And that just like was a way more painless experience for them. I just did parts of their job like because I had the tools too. And then it took just way less time out of their days to have to okay that list or, or whatever. Right. So it's not gonna be perfect the first time you try and Lead and uh, delegate because in my case, I shouldn't have delegated. So, anticipating what you're like, who you're asking for a favor, and whether you can for instead do them a favor and it benefits you both.
0: Right. Think about it in like percentages. It is this specific ask more for me than it is for them. Then you have to figure out a way. To involve them in it, but do it for them. Yeah, yes. Because they don't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to care about G two reviews. Yes, exactly. Um, Yes, that's so good. And so then, if you're if you're over fifty percent, guess what? It's on your to do list now.
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So it's just enabling the people, making them look good, even though they don't have to do the work. And it's let, and it's not even that much work for you to do. Right. Is is key. And I think, yeah, just anticipating what's going to be needed from
0: the people that you're asking for favors. Right. And a lot of times that ends up being your boss. Yeah. And so that's like a huge piece of indirect leadership is how can you help your, how, how can you help your boss? Because at the end of the day, that's the person that's going to give you the manager promotion.
1: This is like what we were talking about in our young marketers conversation on Friday where where
0: Benjamin was like
1: I want to hire someone who's going to replace me yeah so that I can start thinking more about high level things and I think that that isn't always the mindset that uh, a manager has necessarily depending on if you have a great or not amazing manager but I think uh trying to make the easiest way to start flexing that muscle of indirect leadership is taking work off of your manager's plate yeah. Because then you start to understand what your manager is working on so that they can then focus on more
0: high-level mm-hmm. shit. Like, everybody wins. So I, having gone back into being a, a IC from a management role has been incredibly hard because I am so used to delegating things. And now I'm like, oh, Bridge, you have to, like, do those things again. So understanding... What I can delegate and should delegate and what I need to take on myself, that's another superpower is like seriously going through your list and being like, does this benefit me first, Mm -hmm. but does it benefit the company for me to do it or for somebody else to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because you have to start thinking if you want to be a leader at a company, you have to start thinking like the company, whether you like that or not. Um, Yeah, I it's tough, it's really hard. And I, like I said, I'm I'm very good at delegating. I think that comes from having a bunch of siblings and being like.
1: You do this, you do that. See, I don't know, cause I'm thinking back to when I was in college and I was just like, I got it. Like I'm on it. Yeah. And now I, I take a back seat, and I wonder if anyone has any ideas as to why they think I do that. <laughs> Hit me up. We're all ears. <laughs> yeah, because I'm. I'm really trying to. I think I'm also going through um, like quarter life crisis in terms of what kind of professional I want to be. Yeah. And so, this will be an interesting test to see if I want to be a project manager esque type of person, or who's like a driver and like can work through others, or the person who's more of the hype and the enthusiast and gets people excited about what they're working on so that they feel motivated to do it because they feel like they're working towards uh, a goal and that's how i influence them and i don't know which
0: one i want to be yet i'm excited for you to figure that out because i also think that indirectly that's not a pun but i'm not going to say leadership after it so i don't know what that would be called um (laughs) indirectly it'll help you figure out what kind of companies you're supposed to be at too yes because bigger teams need more delegation yep. and more drivers and it's just interesting like thinking about it like that of figuring out the nuances of what you want really kind of start to shape what kind of companies you should be at
1: yeah yeah so stay tuned for a uh eye-opening six months in
0: the future coming from your girl <laughs> uh yeah me too i think i'm gonna go through like another career transformation so uh you don't have to be a manager to be a leader at a company mm-hmm. you
1: you can be a de- you don't always have to be a delegator to be a leader also
0: you yeah can sometimes be- leading is doing it too
1: sometimes leading is doing it sometimes leading it is just inspiring others to feel like they can uh yeah. and sometimes leadership is shutting the fuck up and letting someone that's figure it out themselves like and that's really hard to do I feel like parents are probably good at that one but yeah. I'm 25 and want to be a cool aunt so
0: you will be it's gonna be fine yeah it's gonna be sick what kind of cheese do you have in your fridge I did make a charcuterie board this weekend thank you so much god. for asking
1: oh my god god yes i think
0: we we probably make more charcuterie boards than most people maybe
1: i think it's really fun to put together a good charcuterie board because like you just don't have to cook anything
0: yeah you also open your fridge and you're like oh my possibilities are endless all the time
1: yeah uh so with the charcuterie board we've finished all the brie so that's gone i don't have any brie in my fridge but i do have some like a block of vermont cheddar left which is just like. I love a, like, strong cheese. Yeah. So, like, I'm a blue cheese gal, which is polarizing.
0: I, um, I'm just going to tell you about my own cheese. Can you please? I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> even have. Bridget, can you tell me about your cheese? Um, the cheddar and Gruyere from Trader Joe's. It's insane. And today for lunch, I made myself a grilled cheese sandwich with homemade tomato soup with this cheddar and Gruyere and it was incredible That's highly recommend on sourdough bread. Um, great comfort food for the winter. I love that. I love that journey for you. It was very good. Amazing. Well, yeah. That's another, it. Another day, another podcast,
1: another day on the podcast. Stay tuned for our episode about taking some fucking time off next week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't be too hard on yourself for the next two weeks because it's the end of the year yeah no one's doing it anyway so see you later okay love you bye
1: okay love you bye